This show is designed to give general information related to investing in finance. Neither Aaron Katzman, his guests, nor the radio station are rendering legal, tax, or specific investment advice. If you need such advice, contact a licensed advisor. And welcome to the Aaron Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We're here to speak to you about your life, your money, and your investments. And as always, we're coming to you from the spiritual and soon-to-be financial capital of the world, Jerusalem, Israel. We've got a really interesting show for you today. But first, if you've got any questions or comments, feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at Lighthouse with an L, lighthousecapital.co.il. That's Aaron at lighthousecapital.co.il. You can check me out on the web at www.aaronkatzman.com. That's www.aaronkatzman.com. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm on Twitter as well. So we're all over social media. So we've got a really, really interesting guest today. Um, her name is Mindy, Mindy Eisner, and she's the founder and CEO of an organization called Chaim Plus which is an Israeli nationwide nonprofit organization teaching courses in financial education to high school and post-high school students. Chaim Plus impacts young people in all sectors, including Haredim, which are the Israeli ultra-Orthodox, Arab, and Bedouins, giving them tools for financial independence. Mindy made Aliyah from Toronto, and I just got some information, 38 years ago. <laughs> And uh, she lives in Renana with her family. Welcome to the show, Mindy. Thank you, Erin. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about, I wrote an article. How do we sort of hook up? How do we meet each other? I wrote an article, um, my weekly column in the Jerusalem Post, and I was talking about financial illiteracy or literacy. I don't know which one. And uh, you reached out and you started telling me, and I knew about your organization from some other work that I do in the nonprofit world. Um, and we sort of connected. And I thought it'd be really good to bring you on the show because it's a huge issue um, today. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit about what is Chaim Plus? Right, so um, I established Chaim Plus uh, 14 years ago. And um, originally, I was, one of the things I was doing was I was volunteering as a debt counselor and I was helping families between 100,000 and a million shekels in debt. And uh, this was a, like a life-changing experience for me because I realized that all these people who were suffering terribly in all ways, financially, personally, health-wise, uh, couples, etc., I realized that most of their problems were preventable. And if we only can apply more resources at teaching kids at 17, 18 years old, when they first opening their bank account, how to manage, then we can prevent a lot, a lot of troubles ahead. So I, um, I wrote a curriculum based on uh, different research, research that I did from, uh, from abroad. And I started teaching the program in schools in grades 11 and 12. And it grew and grew. We got donations and we hired people to teach. And it's just mushrooms. So now, Aaron, you know, we've had 15,000 students. That's already. incredible. And so this year, Tafshin Pei, we were in 50 schools, um, over 1,000 kids, and we had 30 mentors teaching them. And it's been fantastic, and uh, we, we get great feedback. So what we teach, we have five lessons, and each, it's modular. So each time they learn some other aspect, which is your bank account, your credit card, 
and making a budget, saving for the future, and also about employment, uh, minimum wage, what's coming to kids, their rights in the workforce, how to understand your salary slip. And it's all, it's all really based on when I went to people in debt, they said to me, why didn't you come to me when I was 18? Why didn't you come to me before I got married? And that then like, you know, like then I, re I it was a wake up call. And I said, hey, the whole curriculum is based on what the mistakes were that the people did who are now in debt. And that's what's so, so successful about it because we're really tracking these kids, you know, afterwards we get feedbacks and we do surveys of them later on. And the, the, Feedbacks that they tell us that they are watching the bank account. They're not letting themselves go into overdraft. They're careful not to take loans unnecessarily. And, and they're thinking, do I really need it before they are purchasing? And it's very hands-on. Like they get five sessions in the class, but in between the sessions, they've got these assignments to do, tasks, and they have to go to the bank and they have to negotiate with the bank guy over his over their service charges and they have to call their phone companies and and they have to write down everything they spent that week and and check check um if they're getting their uh, you know all their benefits on their part-time jobs and who their driving teacher like it's a whole very practical um course that's um, incredible yeah. you know I was watching last night. My son took a similar course in his high school. I'm not sure if it was your organization or somebody else. And, you know, he's sort of interested in the bank thing. And then last night we were watching something. And it was about, it was about this guy, whatever it was, long story, but he got into big, big debt. Like he, 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 and he declared bankruptcy. He had about 7 million shekels or $2 million of debt and he declared bankruptcy. All of a sudden, my son started asking me all about bankruptcy. Um, and it was really funny because I thought there was a certain irony because before they sort of announced that he had 7 million shekels of debt, they had a whole bunch of advertisements, okay? And um, what I find very difficult today is, I mean, I'm not that old, right? But when I grew up, I didn't feel that I was wrapped in consumerism, right? Today, everywhere you turn, kids are being just pounded over the head to buy this and to buy that. And, you know, success is, is only material and the more things you have, that's who determines who wins, basically. And right. there's nothing about costs and there's nothing about any of that. So how do you sort of fight that? Because, right. I mean, you're really swimming upstream uh, against, right. you know, an avalanche. So that's what, that's why we operate as a grassroots organization. In other words, the, 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 the mentors that teach the courses, they're all college students. And we're all in this as a social organization. And when you work with a group of kids and they're all in one class, you sit with them and you say, what kind of the end of the year party are we going to have? And what's the level of presents we're going to buy? And, and if there's going to be a, a teul, um, how are we going to help out kids that maybe can't afford to pay for the teul? When you get it going on the grassroots level within the social context, then things start start happening because it's not like a one-on-one -on -one thing, but it's in a group, it's in a school. And then they go shopping together or they're eating out or whatever, and they're starting to think as a group because the whole thing here is peer pressure. And um, there's stylists and they determine what you're gonna wear. And do you know that, do you know, Erin, when we were kids, so, uh, you know, do you remember like before Pesach? Like when the seasons change, your mother would go and buy you new clothes for the summer and new clothes for the winter. 
You know, like it went by, Pe by Pesach and Rosh Hashanah, but today, do you know that every week there's new styles and what, and they have them on Facebook and Instagram and all these social media and they're updating them on the styles and you can't, they're bringing them into the shopping malls or, or wherever it is on the internet these days every single week and what you wore last week is no longer in style so these styles have a grip on the young kids and we're and we're also on the adults but we'll get to the adults in, in a minute and we're in our in Chayim Plus we're dealing with weak populations so we're going to the periphery we're going to Arabs and Bedouins and to um new immigrants and development towns and uh, low-income communities and there it's really like it's a status symbol like the the watches that they wear and uh, and um the 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 fingernail painting the manicures and i give no idea also the bat mitzvahs they make the bar mitzvahs the um <clears throat> it's all got to be catered affairs even um brit milah that that's re really um was was one of my breaking points when i was volunteering with families in debt because they this family made a breach in a in a hall with a catered dinner for a breed, you know? And I said, we don't do that, you know? For us guys, you know, a piece of earring and a, and a, and a, a, a challah roll is plenty, you know? <laughs> so anyway, so we, when we're in these towns and we're with these groups, we are trying to reach out through these college students' mentors and say, hey, we can do something different. Let's just talk about how much money we can save up and what the goals are. And in Israel, you know, kids get money in the army. They get, first of all, before the army, when they're 18, they're getting um, a few thousand shekels to their bank account from, it's called the child savings account. So every 18 year old is going to be getting thousands of shekels. They go to the army, they can get up to 1600 shekels a month, or if they're a shoot loomy, it could be a thousand shekels a month. There's a lot of money coming to these kids. So it's a really great opportunity to discuss it. Well, what are we going to do with this money? What are our goals? What do we see for the future? And, and the mentors themselves have saved up money. And instead of like, when you're in the army, you can eat in the dining room or you can go out to the restaurant. So let's get them before they go into the army to start getting used to this idea that if I save up the money, then when I finish the army, then I can afford to, to get my education and I can I can buy myself a, a laptop that I'm going to need and I can buy a motorcycle that I'm going to need to uh, to uh, to deliver pizza or whatever. But start thinking economically about what the value is of saving money. And the ones who can really influence them are young people close to their age who are not their parents, not bankers, not professors, not teachers, but they're more, what we call them, they're saying to them, really like from their own experience, they themselves were in the army and, and they, they worked on their summer vacations and they tell them as it is. And they take out the phone, they say, this is the application you need. This is how to download your bank account. This is where the good coupons are. This is how to track your savings. And I myself saved up a hundred thousand shekels. And by this kind of cashier building right. with the mentor, we have amazing results. Like I myself, I go to the schools and I see them like hugging the men. Like, you know, there's, there's, there's such a great connection with them and they're, they're with them with the WhatsApp. They're asking them questions. And even after the course is over, they're still in, con in contact with them. They, uh, one, of the, one of our Arab mentors in Taiba, she said she just went into the bank and, uh, and she saw one of, her, one of the Chaim students there and with her father. And she said, you see, that's my mentor. Because of her, 
I brought I brought my dad in to help me open up my own bank account. It was amazing. That's so amazing. Cool. It's it's amazing. So it That's really great. it works if you get them at the right time when they're really you know it's really pertinent to them because they are opening the bank account and at the right people, and the people are young mentors that um, are on their level. Okay. Um, this is the Aaron Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We speak to you about your life, your money, and your investments. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at Lighthouse with an L, lighthousecapital.co.il. That's Aaron at lighthousecapital.co.il. You can check me out on the web at www.aaronkatzman.com. That's www.aaronkatzman.com. AaronKatzman.com. Be sure to follow uh, the, YouTube, the, the YouTube channel, hit subscribe, and hit like to this video and all other videos, obviously. Um, we're speaking with Mindy Eisner, who is the CEO and founder of Chaim Baplus. Um, can you, first of all, I wanna, I'm remiss, right? Can you tell people how they can get in touch with you um, if they want you know, to get their course or get their kids involved? Right, um, so we're, we're looking for, always looking for schools to sign up. So if you're a teacher or, um, a school principal or secretary or you have a me group or some kind of uh, like post high school or any of these organizations just go onto our website of it's c-h-a-i-m-b-e-p-l-u-s and just do um contact us and we'll get back to you uh to join your school into our program great um so you mentioned something interesting, or you mentioned a lot of things that were interesting, but something that piqued my, uh, my mind because of something that I'm sort of involved with a little bit. And that's, um, you spoke about how these people on the periphery who don't really have any money, but when it comes to a life cycle event, whether it's a wedding or a bar mitzvah or whatever, you know, they just throw caution to the wind and they blow it all out. Um, oftentimes getting into debt. Um, I know now, that because of the corona virus, COVID-19, um, there's been a movement in certain communities to sort of, because of social distancing um, requirements and limitations in how many people can attend certain events, there's been a movement to try and actually limit, to get on the wave, sort of like a surfer, and, and let's limit how big weddings are or how big bar mitzvahs are. Um, can you tell us a little bit about maybe your thoughts about that, but more, what have we learned or what can we learn from Corona? Right, well, um, the, the, actually a lot of good things have come out of Corona. People are having to reevaluate, um, you know, their priorities. And um, it's sort of like, it's, it's painful in a way because people like me and you, Aaron, like we're sort of like, Prophets of doom, like we're always telling people, save money, save money, save money. And, and now it's sort of, it's come true. Like it's, it's really, for me, it's painful because, you know, I want to see people enjoying their lives and everything. But, you know, like we told the, we told everybody to save money for emergencies. And now people are unemployed and they don't have money. And um, the people who, who is really doing well now and surviving are the people that save money. Right. And they have a cushion and they have a few months uh, spare so that they can... Um, they can re recover and uh, wait and wait for things to pick up again. So what we were saying all along has really come true, and um, it's really important. If you've you know once you've made a wedding or taken a cruise around the world, you can't bring that money back; it's gone, right? So we have to start rethinking 
about what's really important for us. Is it important? You know, I, I was in a Shirat Lumi group um, observing Chayim Baplus, and a girl said, telling you a quote, she said, isn't it a pity to have money lying in the bank when we could be out having fun with it and spending it? Oh, isn't no. it a pity? <laughs> I was just, and I said, that's exactly what young people think about money. They think money is for having fun. They don't have the concept of saving it. So that's why Chayim Baplus is just, it's just so, so important to start off that way. And, and, and it's, it's hard to say, but you have to come down on your standard of living. Like you have to spend less, stay out of the shopping malls and keep it, and not be uh, so up to date on all the fashions and, and look for alternative ways to buy things. For example, young couples starting out, you can get um, secondhand appliances, you can get secondhand furniture. There's great stuff online. Uh, there's sharing things, there's cooperative baby furniture. And like, you know, if you just have that guidance, then you can do it. You know, let's say bridal gowns, you know, there's gemafim where you can get bridal gowns. They call me, they say, send us uh, brides to take, to take the, the gowns. So, so like there's so many ways to do things. And, uh, and that's what we're trying to, to put forth in our, in our courses that, you know, when you do things in a cheaper way, you're not going to be less happy. You're going to be more happy. When you have money in the bank, you feel secure. You can sleep at night. You know that you've got a future. And saving money is the, is I think that's the key about Corona. I think that's what, what we learned from it. I agree, hundred percent. Um, last last question. Um, yeah. I know from my volunteer work with another organization where I work with families to try and get them out of debt. That you know, uh, the ch children are like sponges, right? We all know that, and they learn either good habits or bad habits from what they observe. And when they observe, you know, misma financial mismanagement, they are probably very, very likely to repeat those same mistakes that their parents um, made. So my question to you is, what are some tips that, parent, that you can give to parents so that they can sort of get their kids on the right path, uh, you know, to, to financial, I don't want to say financial security, but to financial, correct financial management, let's call it. Right. Well, first of all, I have two things to say. First of all, is that, you know, the first thing is in Israel, don't rely on school to give your kids what they need. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you're the parent, you're responsible. Make sure their English is up to par. Make sure they go to, they get their computers up to par. Make sure that they, they go to, uh, they can go to debating and to learn how, uh, their, um, communication skills, like, in other words, give them everything, all the tools they're going to need for employability. And that's one of the really important things to, to make sure they've got all that. And the other thing is, think about what, what, what is the dialogue in your home about money? How, how, how do you as a couple, how do you talk about money when your kids are, are listening? Is it something that, uh, you know, is, is, is a point of a lot of tension? Or is it is something that, you know, you do put the cards on the table? And are you open with your kids and saying, instead of um, having it as part of fighting or anger, are there open discussions in the family about money, which means sitting around the table, maybe saying, look at kids, uh, for the summer holidays, we're allocating 5,000 shekels, well, let's have a discussion about how we're gonna spend it. Are we gonna have maybe a longer holiday in a camping site or two nights in a hotel, but an open discussion where not with anger or, or with fighting, but get the kids used to negotiating 
about in a rational way about money, not in an emotional way. And what's also really important is between the husband and wife. Is this an open topic where, where if the discussions are on an equal basis, you know, like the, the, the mother knows everything going on and the father knows everything going on and they're working together as a team? Or are the kids hearing fighting, you know, why did you spend this? And because of you, you wasted this. And you, if they hear all this, then that they're going to internalize those patterns. And those patterns are very detrimental to financial management in the family. There has to be openness, transparency, and good communication and good discussions and planning within the family. And, I, and, I, and that's my, my message really is think about what is the conversation about money in your home? And is it done in a, in a, in a calm, rational, and open way? That's great. Wow. It doesn't matter how much that's money a, you have. That's amazing. I'm inspired how, now. I'm going to go home and have a... We're going to plan it doesn't matter time. how much you have. It matters how you talk about it. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Mindy, once again, uh, how do people get in touch with you? Chaim Beplus, C-H-A-I-M-B-E-P-L-U-S dot O-R-G. I want to thank you so much. This is really, really interesting. And that bit at the end was very inspiring. I think we're going to go home and we're having a... We're going to plan our summer vacation tonight and we're going to you know, plan it all on the table and we'll tell the kids how much money they have and we're going to do it as a family and hopefully they won't get really upset. <laughs> they know what the budget is. <laughs> it's the Aaron Katzman Show with your host, Aaron Katzman. We speak about your life, your money, and your investments. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at Lighthouse with an L, lighthousecapital.co.il. That's Aaron at lighthousecapital.co.il. You can check me out on the web at www.aaronkatzman.com. That's www.a-a-r-o-n-k-a-t-s-m-a-n, aaronkatzman.com. Be, be sure to subscribe to the new YouTube channel. Uh, check me out on Twitter. Mindy, thank you very much. Thank you. And it's great. we will speak to you all really soon. Thanks for watching.